Everybody, welcome back to StartTheSnowball.com, our podcast with my friend and co-worker and co-entrepreneur, uh, the growth guy, Brad Osborne. Brad, uh, welcome today. We're going to be talking about a fun subject, aren't we? Yeah, I'm excited about this. So like your moniker is actually Nomad Brad, and you're in a different city this week. You want to share where you're at? I'm in St. Louis, Missouri, actually. All right. And home yeah. base is like Michigan. Yep. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Used to live in Austin, Texas, lived all over Colorado, California, a couple other countries a little bit as well, hoping to expand on that this year. So, Yes, once everything lifts. Ever been to Portugal? No. Got to put that on your list, man. I've really? got over there. Yeah, it is an incredible country. For Nomad Brad. I'd love to. All right, Brad. So we're going to talk about something that's really interesting. We come at it from different perspectives. I think you've been a huge skeptic of this and I've been this ringing the bell of this and, but it's a vital subject for entrepreneurs and creators, uh, collaboration. When I think about, wait, what do you think about when I say collaboration? You know, it's got, it's definitely a very uh, loaded term for me. I, I've had a lot of, um, I don't know. I've, I've become pretty jaded about like, Oh, here's, here's a word that comes up to me when I think of collaboration in a, in a professional sense is politics. Right. So I think of politics of like, I don't know, there, there's a thing like something that really bugged me of going from like working to in coffee shops, the last team that I worked on going from coffee shops to working in an office was I noticed that, like everybody keeps track of when the other people show up and that just bugged me so much. I, I was like, and, and I was the kind of the manager leader of that team. So I realized it fell upon me to set the standard because if I didn't show up every day at a certain time, then I noticed that the other people would like wait longer and longer. And I don't, uh, but I didn't like that role. It didn't make me feel good. So there's lots of loaded stuff with, with, uh, with politics there. And anyways, collaboration, I, I have a lot of uh, fears and worries with working with other people that honestly, until I started working with you, I just thought they were par for the course with doing business. And, and now I'm starting to see a different, I'm starting to see collaboration in a different way. Um, now, when you say politics, you're talking about really office politics, yes. office type, team type politics. And I'm with you. I hate, I hate that kind of drama for lack of a better description of it. But we've all been in those places where, you know, it's, it's someone trying to one up somebody else in order to gain position or prestige or something. And I, I'm an, I'm an enemy of that kind of politics. That's, that's just destructive. And I've seen teams and organizations led by the top, by the way, I think it's often a reflection of the top, the top brass leadership, whatever, um, really be just a poisonous culture. So I can totally see that because I've been there and done that uh, in some a wide range of organizations, too. And I won't say that my organizations have been free of politics, office top politics either. But, you know, there's a couple levels, I think, about collaboration. Um, one is straight up partnership, like a legal marriage in a business environment. Um, and the other is collaboration team where everybody's, to me, it's like everybody's pushing forward, you know, and we've all been a part of these kind of things. For me, the benefit of a collaboration is I, I've, I've confessed this many times. I don't want to work alone. 
Mm. I really don't over the, I didn't set out to do that, by the way, it's just something I discovered about me, but I don't, I don't want to work alone. I know you've come from experiences though, recently that are hurtful, like that are painful. Like you've got scars and I've worked with a bunch of people who same thing. We're working with people right now who have, who have baggage, not their own. I mean, not, it was something that was done to them. And they're like, I, there's this whole element. You've heard about the psychological safety within the workplace. Google kind of pioneered that term to me anyway. And so I'm saying all that, but I'm sure things strike you in that whole conversation is, do I feel safe collaborating with them? Are they going to, you said also, it's like, okay, I notched this. And did you notch the equal, you know, Mm-hmm. share some of your thoughts about that and experiences like where you've been where it's like it feels unequal or unfair or even poisonous yeah that- i guess I, I i guess like you know you're talking about the nomad thing i my personal autonomy and time freedom freedom over my time and and my energy is probably the most important to me thing to me at least at this stage of my life and most of my adult life, it's just very important for me to have control over my time. And so um, that's what I felt All mark like. of an entrepreneur, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to figure out where my time goes. I yeah. Love Sorry, I cut you off, but that's a hallmark. That's why you're an entrepreneur. Absolutely. And uh, I just felt like no matter, I don't know, I just felt like people, other people would try to, you know, take my time and tell me what to do with my time. And that just, that just bugged me in all those different ways. Um, so that's where my guardedness with, with collaboration can come from, whether it's partnerships or, in a as a part of a team, um, you know, I've had both where it's just like, as soon as I feel like I no longer have control over my priorities, my time, um, that's when I start to chafe under that. And, and, you know, especially when it's the only job I've had and like, it was really important to me at the time. It was like, well, how can I ignore the owner of the company tech, you know, texting me on weekends and saying, Hey, did you, did you get my email, whatever? And that just, it was hard for me because I was young, but also, you know, I, I, here's something interesting that you might want to talk about is like, some people in positions of leadership don't acknowledge the influence that they have over their team or their company. Uh, because, you know, at the, in that position, I had, I, I felt like I had to, you know, let this person kind of command my time. And it was always difficult for me. I was like, I want to have a weekend. <laughs> and, um, so that's part of that feeling safe thing. I never really felt safe. I never felt like I got to have my time ever. And if I, I'd had to fight for my time. And even then it was like a short leash. It's like, okay, well, you know, when are you coming back? And it's like, oh my gosh. So that's one thing. And and the other thing, even with partnerships, I feel like even with really clear communication in the beginning, I think there's a natural tendency of human beings to have that like equal feel. I mean, actually it's not even human beings. I've heard this, um, is in primates as well, right? Like the equal treatment kind of thing. And so we naturally, I think some arrangements for us are very difficult to understand. Like, well, I put in 12 hours, you should put in 12 hours. 
especially in partnerships. And so you can talk more about that. You have more experience with partnerships, but the, the, the few that I've tried, I felt like that inequity inequality kind of thing came up a lot. Like, well, I did X, Y, and Z and yep. you only yep. did X and I don't see why, you know, and I've, I know there are other partnership arrangements out there where those aren't the expectations, right? Like sometimes people are like silent partners um, or just, Hey, I connect you with my network <laughs> anyways. Particularly with, you know, this conversation is in the context of starting your snowball, you know, mm -hmm. when you're, when you're just contributing probably mostly time and expertise, some money and effort and stuff like that. Um, it can feel that way. I want to scroll back. Okay. You said something. I want to, I want to take this moment to say this, that former boss or entrepreneur that did that has one ridiculous is taking advantage of people uh, at that instance. Hopefully they've reformed, but I want to condemn that kind of uh, leadership management. That's not, that's not leadership, by the way, that's management. Mm. I don't think you manage people. I think you manage time and resources, but people you lead I, terrible boundaries took advantage of you and probably likely others. I hope they've reformed or they failed miserably at, at entrepreneurship because the expectation when I, when I hire somebody, just like when you are, you're, you're, you're like, this is the offer. It's, it's eight to five, whatever the condition, you know, and it's for this amount of money, not I'm going to take over your life. That's such a, a terrible display of and under the banner of leadership and it's phony and it's fake and it's poisonous so i want to condemn it by the way like that that style of leadership is gone command and control dictate and abuse that's gone people aren't robots and they shouldn't be abused uh there should be boundaries but they should be healthy boundaries you know a team member of ours right now in the squad brad was really good because he came from an organization that probably had some boundary type issues and uh, is really good to like not email at night. And I thought to myself, I've done that over years and I could be guilty of these things. And I go, okay, I got to be really careful. Now I have tried to make it clear over and over. I do not expect anybody on our team. That's a non equity partner to have the hours that I do. Uh, the people that I've hired over the years, you take your vacation. We're going to fight every chance we can to preserve that time away and space and not to have that. Like I've asked people to work overtime. I've asked work people to work on weekends. I try to reserve that for the actual emergencies of a business and be very careful not to text on weekends. So uh, I want to condemn it. I want to say I've probably been guilty of it, different shades of it too, and admit that. But um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too, because that's what, that's what taking advantage of people that's someone good entrepreneurship about and certainly what we talk about to start the snowball. Okay. I want you to prop up and share some experiences too from the partner side, like particularly when you're starting the, the snowball, um, starting your business, getting it up and going, you know, my mantra, every project I'm involved down, in, I say businesses is really just my projects, but multiple businesses I have going on right now. And every single one of them have partners. Uh, and I chose that because, um, that's the way I want it. I don't want to work alone. I'm not uh, a lead singer with just any kind of backup band or, you know, I want to play good music with people like you, Brad, and other people on our squad because we play the most brilliant, better music than I could ever do by myself. But you have a thought on that and then maybe your, your partnerships when you're starting to snowball and stuff, because you've talked about like one-to-one -one effort, is it happening and, and your thoughts on that and reflection? 
Yeah. Well, first off, I I have to say that you really do walk the walk with that kind of stuff and the way that you treat members of your team and your partners. And I've seen that. And, and I also really feel like I've had other leaders say that they took on that responsibility, but you really do. I mean, you really do like, you know, center the ultimate responsibilities of the, of your businesses on you, which is as it should be. Uh, but it's sometimes it's an, I think it's an easy thing for people to say, and then they act a different way. But I, from my experience, you really walk the walk. So that's awesome. Um, and I will say too, like, I think this, this is why this is a really cool conversation is I still really like a lot about working by myself, right? Like I actually like working by myself for the most part. Um, what I'm kind of new to from working with you is that, okay, I can make this variety of music by myself. What's possible with other people collaborating. But I, but I really, I do have, you know, I like the, the world in which I, I wake up and kind of work on my own projects and use the leverage of like software or um, marketing or social media or something like leverage tools so that I don't have to hire a team. Like I, I've, I haven't really wanted to have my own team. That's never really been something that I've aspired to. But now I'm starting to, when I saw the way that you built your team, I just... I don't know for sure if that's what I want to do, but I at least it opened a door for me because I, I saw the way that you were doing it and and I felt it being part of your team. It was like, huh, well, maybe it doesn't have to be so overwhelming. Maybe it doesn't have to be this, you know, office with the politics and stuff. Maybe it can be a small team for, for me, right? Like, I don't know how big you want to grow your teams, but at least right now it's small. And maybe actually, and this is, I think what your whole point is, Maybe this is actually more fun than me working by myself. You know, and, and what I don't want to ever do or us to ever do is prescribe one way of doing something, particularly in entrepreneurship. You know, this was uh, it's I, I love the way you put that because it was a it was another way for you to consider and then see if it's yours. I was just talking to Lindsay, my wife, who is a great entrepreneur on right. And uh she saw me build my businesses was my first lady. And I told her, I said, we did that together. She did so many things behind the scenes that people don't even know about by the way um, over the years. That was just powerful one to either help prop me up, and make me better or two is just the things she did behind the scenes that meant so much, but I don't believe early in my career, I had solo entrepreneurs like you're talking about, like you seem to right now kind of really gravitate to. And I totally get it because you get control and it's only, you go up or down based on your own effort mm-hmm. and opportunity. Uh, solo entrepreneurs, when I started to build my team, go, why are you building a team? And I was like, hey, I'm glad you're that talented that you can do everything by yourself. Or, and, and second, really, more importantly, is want to. I don't want to. I don't want to do sales emails every day. I don't want to do support. Mm-hmm. I want to get to these other stages. I think it's about, and I love that you're seeing different different options and varieties because you get to pick what is best for you. No company is the same. No company should be the same. No entrepreneur is the same because we're all different. You, One thing you and I talk about a lot is strengths. Like yeah. we've been labeled, and I'll just say it for me and you can say you too, but <laughs> is we've been labeled for most of our life as entrepreneurs 
as odd ducks before entrepreneurship came part of like our identity or title or whatever. Um, like we, we never fit. And you and I've talked so much about that. And I'm like, I've had a job ever since I was a, a job every year, every two years since I was 16 up until I started my uh, full-time company in 2008 and we get mislabeled and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I don't know where I was going. I got off track, Brad, <laughs> but I'll get to each his own, you know, and you're trying to figure out what you want. And would you talk specifically about alignment? Cause this has to do with collaboration and who, how you do it and what works for you, but you have specific desires that I know you've been honing. If you don't mind sharing about what you want your life to look like. Yeah, I, that's another reason I'm, I've been super grateful to meet you and get to watch how you, how you do things because I, I mean, I've just so many, I've always been fascinated by, I just love to learn. So I'm, I'm fascinated by so many different topics and I never really found that there was one uh, podcast slash blog post that Tim Ferriss did one time where he said specialization is for insects. And that other than that, almost every advice I've heard from business and entrepreneurship is to focus on one thing, but there's only, but Tim Ferriss one time said, you know, specialization is for insects. Right. And what he meant was it's okay to be, you know, polymath or whatever. It's okay to be good at lots of different stuff. And so mm-hmm. I, I try, I tried to really run with that, but nobody else really says that until recently, number one, meeting you and what you've helped me is to look more at the entrepreneurship and especially investors. Investors are a type of person, their job is to know stuff about stuff. <laughs> they just, they, a lot of, I was just listening to um, several interviews with Naval Ravikant. Mm-hmm. I think that's his name. And he's just brilliant. Like, the way that he thinks and stuff, but he, he learns all the time and, and he doesn't limit it to one area. So my, the way that what I'm starting to feel is I'm starting to feel finally, like I've found a place for me. You know, I found a place where someone who likes to learn lots of different stuff. And that's the thing that drives me every day. It's not the goals. It's not the money. You know, I like making money. I like setting goals. Yeah. I like yeah. achieving things, but it never was the engine that drove me. And I think that's why solopreneurship was hard for me, even though, so I love freedom and that part I, that I really liked, right? Like I'd set my own schedule. I'd work on the projects I want to work on. I love that part. And I'm always coming up with creative ideas, but the entrepreneur or the, the entrepreneurship world that I was part of was saying, you're a dabbler and that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're shiny object syndrome. And then I feel guilt and shame. Cause it's like, well, one week I want to work on my magic, the gathering website. And the exactly. next week I want to work on my, you know, marketing YouTube channel or whatever. And, and everybody's saying, that's how you fail. That's how you are a bad entrepreneur. You bad entrepreneur. You're bad at it. <laughs> or bad professional, like in career, when you get people that so-called job hop, I, I could have been labeled as a job hop, hopper, um, but you know, you can't figure out what you're doing. You're trying to do all these things. You got too many interests, all that stuff. I think there's a point where it becomes, you almost shoot yourself in a put, foot to do too much, like not landing on anything, but I think there's a medium in here that's definitely way past what you've felt and I've felt over my career is being shamed for wanting to be a generalist, not an insect 
in this yes. sense. And by the way, nothing against specialists. There's people that, no. that do that, and that's great. But the people that we're talking to are the people that go, this is me. Like, I had, I, there's people I'd known over the years. My aunt was one of them and she had a job. All, she was always changing jobs. And I, as I become an entrepreneur later in my life, I thought, I wonder if she's really an entrepreneur, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's a great book that uh, I think we've talked about called uh, privately called range. And it's really about the rise of the generalist. And it talks about the difference between a tiger woods who specialized in golf as a prodigy uh, to um, the tennis great. And I forget his name, Roger, Roger Federick. Federer, uh, who was a generalist as a sports athlete. But all that to say is like, this is such a special career, I guess I could say almost um, for me because I, it fits me. Um, it changes every day. I get to do this, but oftentimes we've been bashed. By the way, start the snowball, that our community here, that's our, that's you. If that fits you, some of these things, this is your safe haven. This is maybe you just haven't found a career called entrepreneurship where you can start something, build it, do your own thing, have the freedom and control that you're talking about too. And I want uh, to do so. So that that's a whole other conversation, right? And that's going to be a theme of everything you hear from start to snowball from Brad and I is like, Hey, this is your home. This is place where you belong. If you fit some of these, they can be taken to extremities. And I told you, I got to be careful. Like I'd, I'd start 60 projects if I could. Right. But I can't, you know? Yeah. And that's a skill we have to learn too, is saying no, (laughs) saying no and, and like applying your efforts in a place that it yields the most in happiness, in, you know, money and rewards. But I think it's more holistic than just which business idea is going to make me the most money or which business idea should I do because Mm -hmm. I'm the best at it's, it's this kind of balance that we, you have to find yourself no matter who you are you know, you have to find your balance. Maybe you love writing sales emails every day. And that's what makes, you know, I, I know there's some copywriters that their whole business is just, they write emails every day and then they sell you books filled with their emails that they've written every day. You know, uh, Ben Settle is a great example of this. He has a $97 a month newsletter. He's been selling for many years and it's just more of me, you know, yeah, talking through your email and that and his fans are raving fans. They love it. And He's built a home for email copywriters by just writing email copy to email copywriters about how to write email copy. You know, it's just amazing. Um, but he, but that's a business where it's like, he knows exactly what he likes to do and what he doesn't like to do. He doesn't want to, you know, run ads or build a, a social media brand or whatever. It's just exactly the parts of business that he likes that provide the lifestyle he likes. Mm-hmm. And he attracts the people that are interested in that. So I think we'll talk a lot about that with this community is how do you, you know, it's okay to be who you are and you will attract other people who are interested in exactly who you are and what you're putting out in the world. Mm -hmm. Let's talk more defined about collaboration with partners. Um, I want to set the stage. I want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm with you. Um, If I can start something and I'm not having to collaborate, I'd rather get it going, but there becomes a time and I told you I've discovered I like partners and I'm still learning about this, by the way, it's not fleshed out totally at all. Um, but if I can just get something going, it's not dependent on anybody else. That's awesome. But did there become a time for you in your solopreneur days that you go, I've maxed out what I can do 
to grow business and I need, it could be partner or it could be team and go, there's things like, then, then the collaboration thing comes up and it, it, it's typically either one is I find a partner, an equity partner or second, you know, a collaborator team, meaning you're hiring employees um, kind of thing. But can you turn back your clock and think about those things and give me some commentary on solo love this, but did you hit a roadblock? Did you hit an obstacle? And you're like, I don't know what to do next. Cause I have a thought on this too. What, it's probably my one compelling reason to have a partner. One of my big compelling reasons to have a hmm. partner. I honestly don't think I've, I've hit that yet. Um, you have the skills enough to get something, a snowball rolling. Yeah. The thing that happens for me is I get bored. As soon as the <laughs> snowball becomes, you just, all you have to do is keep doing the same thing every day for a year. That's yeah. when I stop doing it. So I've always wanted partners, somebody to step in and the, if I could find the person who's like, and maybe, you know, we can talk about like Dan Sullivan type stuff here, but oh, yeah. finding the person who picks up where you, you start it. Right. And then they, and I've never found that. Um, I've tried with some of my friends and it's like, you know, if, if I could find somebody who, okay, I got, I got the thing started. I know where it's going to go. But I literally, I just can't sit there every day and like copy and paste, you know, like a new article or write a new, make a new YouTube video or whatever. Like that's the, that's not the part that's fun for me. And so that's where, that's where my experience is. So I guess I get to a point, I, I've hoped that partners would be that for me, but I think the partners that I've chosen were other creative types that also did the vision, right? So we both have a lot of vision and both have a lot of plans and strategies. And then neither person is the, the one who wants to just like plug in and do it every day. So that's been my experience. I don't, I would love for your perspective on that. How much time do we have? Man, <laughs> I, I have so many questions, you know, yeah. um, to, to pose for us. So here is one compelling reason for me okay. um, to have a partner and I want to see if you're able to source this within your friendship group, your business context, things like that, because it's been tougher for me is entrepreneurship. I've said over and over and over is that one of the toughest jobs you can ever have yet. One of the most rewarding you can ever have. And I say it's a job because I mean, some days it feels like a job, but it's also one of the most isolating jobs on earth to me because my parents and I love my parents um, work for other people for the bulk of their career, nothing against that. That was what they chose and wanted. Uh, my two grandfathers didn't, um, they were entrepreneurs and, but they don't, most of my friendship circle, especially early on, didn't understand that I would wake up at 2am with like heartburn going, how the heck am I going to make payroll today? So mm. it's, it's such an isolating job. It could, it could be a isolating job. And there's a disclaimer I get, give people when you're starting your snowball and you're starting your business and you're becoming an entrepreneur, it's going to feel like the loneliest job you've ever had. One of the most, that goes on my reason, one of the most compelling reasons I have is it feels like an echo chamber and I want someone on the journey with me. doesn't have to always be equity partner, by the way. Matt, my COO at iThemes was my sidekick. My, he wrote shotgun with me. Like he was my bouncer offer. That's one of the most compelling reasons for me about partner is because it, it's like, at some point I have doubts and I'm like, I don't know where to go. 
Mm. You know, we talked about it in our team. Like uh, uh, somebody will ask a question and I'll say, okay, it's usually you, Brad. You'll say, hey, so what's your next step? And I'll go, hey, Brad, what's our next step? <laughs> yeah. Because it does all yeah. feel on your shoulders. So that's one of my own personal compelling reasons to have a partner. Um, but what are, you, what are your thoughts about that? Like, th- did your projects feel like echo chambers? Honestly, I think you really struck a chord with me on that one. Because I always wanted the people that I was inviting to be a partner, I wanted them to be excited about it, excited about it. And as soon as it became like a job to them or whatever that they weren't getting paid for, it was like, they're not excited anymore. And I still was, but I, you know, anyways, what, what you're saying just really is singing to me right now that part of what you get from collaboration is just someone else who's interested in the same mm-hmm. thing that you're excited about. Right. Like you said, somebody on the journey with you, I think, I mean, that's really where our collaboration and friendship has developed is I cared about the stuff you cared about, you know, like, yep, I got this young entrepreneur who just popped up onto my team randomly. I have somebody to talk about entrepreneurship with. I, I feel like, and, and same for me, you know, whenever we talk, it's like, we, we get excited. And I mean, I, I try to share this stuff with other people in my life and nobody gets it. They're like, cool, Brad, can we talk about the soccer game on, like, you know, like exactly. something else they don't get it. I'm like, and it's oh, okay. Corey told me about this cool book today. And it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm so excited. And, and yeah, so I think that's, that's something to really, and, and I have experienced that. The last partnership that I, I tried was with my best friend, awesome guy, very talented entrepreneur, brilliant, brilliant guy. And we, we tried to partner up and, and we were also roommates. So that added like a whole, there's a whole nother conversation later about that. But anyways, utmost respect for him. Um, it was a bad time for me. I wasn't yeah. very good at communicating, but we tried. And that's the thing that, I did experience having collaborator was he every day we'd wake up and we would talk about business. You know, we would talk about our emerging ideas for this business. And that was exciting. It was like, it gave me something to be excited about every day and to have this brilliant person who was offering such incredible ideas into, and and I'm, I hope he felt the same way about me, at least when we were collaborating. Um, it, it was really exciting. And it, it just, compelled me to, I guess, work is a word, you know, just to do stuff, to produce yeah. things, to create the energy, the yeah. energy you have, like you and I get this energy off of each other too, is it, it just like, it stirs us up and it's always good to have that too. Thank you for sharing that. I was thinking about when I hired my first set of people in 2008. Uh, so it's about five or six months into the business. I had a contractor when I started, um, but and I was full-time, but five or six months in the business, hired my first team member. And I remember something, maybe, you know, this is all rose colored glasses, but going like, I hold all the hats. I wear all the hats in my business, but eventually I need, I want to take this hat off, put it somewhere else The my first collaborators. And I'll say specifically for team members was the stuff that was vital to getting the work done but very hot on the seals, Brad, was the crap I hate to do and cannot wait mm. to get it off. Those were some, those two metrics in my first year and ever since have been the keys. Stuff that gets to 
the magic done, the product out the door, the cash in the, you know, that people that, that make the widgets second, that maybe is past my expertise, but second is I want to take these hats off as fast as I can, mm. these certain ones. So I did, although I think my experience with support was vitally uh, important to understanding our customers um, and set the tone for the next 10 years, I couldn't wait to take off those hats. Did that come up for you? And when you're thinking about, really, I think about your student, I want to segue at some point to this is expectations. Let's just talk about expectations. But does that, does that rile anything up in you? Absolutely. That's, again, that's really resonating for me hard. I, I know, I'm sure anybody listening to this would, would know this. Like I have ideas that I know if somebody would do the part that I don't like, which is often it's repetition, you know? Yeah. If someone would just do that, like (laughs) money would start coming out and we'd both have this cool business. And I, it's so crazy because everyone's like, you know, boredom is like the number one killer of entrepreneurs. And I am definitely living proof of that. I've had so many things. I start snowballs and they start to work, you know, like I go through the hard, what most people would consider the hardest part, which is figuring it out, studying for hours and hours, watching hundreds of hours of YouTube videos to learn how to do this thing. And finally dialing in, building the system, and putting everything in place and then I get bored and it's just like, oh, I see the next step. The next step is I have to do the same thing every day for a year. Oh, I'm out. I'm on. And then you check out and you're like, new. then this shiny object comes up because you're like, you're too bored. I'm with you 100%. That is where now one strength I'll take what I've seen is you is you're such a good teacher of process. Mm. You're, you're almost adverse. You're almost like allergic to the routine it skews as a really good teacher of processes and trainer of people. Mm. What I found Brad over my career as an entrepreneur, since let's say 2006, when I was doing freelance, I'll, I'll, I'll say that's my start, I guess, um, is that what I hate, the things I hate loathe to do. There are other people in the world that have absolutely cherished them and mm. think this is, this makes my day. You and I are driven a little differently. This is where collaboration, specifically hiring team people, team members comes in. Uh, I do not like to do the finances. I do not like to do bookkeeping. I don't like to do invoicing. But I discovered there's this whole creature called a bookkeeper and accountant and a CPA (laughs) that love that. I just want to work with numbers and spreadsheets all day. And so, you know what I did? I was glad to collaborate under our little discussion here and hire that person out. So uh, that's what I had found is. There, and what I see for you as an entrepreneur is doing that. You are so good at starting the snowball. You have this added superpower, which is called teacher. So you can start the snowball for you. I see if I just you know, peering in my Corey's crystal ball for Brad unsolicited, but I go, then that's, that's a style to maybe prop up as a thesis for you is what if I start it and I can find somebody to take over when it feels monotonous. I'll tell you what, there's not just the fear. Entrepreneurs have, all of us have fear of failure, fear of success is the flip side to it though. If this succeeds, I have to do those widgets every day mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And you and I are adverse to that. It's like yes. oil in the water, but maybe you could find a collaborator in those instances that goes, that's, that's my jam. I want that. That's, I mean, I'm getting excited just hearing you talk about that. So 
maybe, um, you know, you could help me in that area and I can share my experiences with this community, this podcast, you know, as I learn more about how to do that, like right now, I'm like, that sounds amazing. That sounds life-changing. I just don't know where, where, how to do that. Right. Especially because I mean, I've, I've always maybe, and maybe this is a limiting belief, but I've always thought if I had money, this, then I could do that. Right. And so I don't know. Um, and maybe that's, maybe it's as simple as that. If you have capital, then the solution is easy. Just hire people out. Um, now there's another option too, which I think you want to do in particular, which is flip it, sell it, sell your snowball, get the snowball up, certain mm. run and maybe you sell it. So there's, there's a bunch of options, but can I give you some encouragement live on our snowball content? Podcast? Absolutely. Brad, I believe you and so many other people have everything you need, mm. everything you need to do that. Now, the equation is to me, do I want to spend the time, effort, and emotion of doing it? Like, does that, so I said option one and two, what just got your heart beating and what goes, ugh, you know, it might've been option one for you is hiring somebody to take it over. Okay. Well, I can't do my nomad Brad if, mm -hmm. if I don't, but now I'd also say you still have this superpower called training teaching, mm -hmm. but maybe that's your unique model of uh, entrepreneurship, but did one or two resonate with you right off the bat? Um, definitely the teaching. I mean, that's, yeah, I have done that. You know, I've, I've designed a couple of courses and that feels very natural to me. Um, I like YouTube, you know, I have a YouTube channel and most of it is just tutorials. It's teaching, you know, as I come across skills, tools, etc., I get excited about it and I'll spend a month learning about Pinterest. And then I make a YouTube video about Pinterest and it's like a really good one. And you then so good at that, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> I tell and, Brad, anything that pops up, I will gladly pay for it. If you'll give me the too long, didn't read version. Yeah. And, and, and so I, thank you. I, I think maybe that would be, that would be the place I would like to lean into more and maybe just, you know, maybe it's as simple as just doing it. Um, but well, my yeah. friend, uh, Brian Castle too, there's another option too, is a productized service. And my friend, Brian Castle, C-A-S-E-L has a has a course called productized and, uh, he's done a couple of productized type business that are cool. That can kind of be almost, almost free, free running. But I want to segue into something because you did this with me, uh, when we first started, I think there's two part of this collaboration, a huge tip I would give everybody because I practice it. You've seen it practice too, is learn more about who you are. And for me, sometimes I'm just oblivious to the obvious. And so I have leaned on tools and I call them discovery tools. They're not tests. They're not tests. I don't think there's no passing grade about who you are in your personality at all, but strengths tools. And I think one that I had you do was mm. called strengths finders. Yes. Strengths finder is the first one. Okay. I know from Brad, he's a learner. Guess what my top strength is? Learner. That's why we love talking. He, I can throw any amount of book over to Brad and he's going to read it in like two days and get me the, here's what I like. You know, I love that. And a lot of, and I gravitate toward learners too, even on my team. That's the first tool I'd highly suggest for anybody listening, starting to learn about yourself. Then you find there's weaknesses, but some, we all, we, we know what our weaknesses are, right? But let's lean in on our strengths and find people that are compatible, collaborators, equity partner, team member, 
contractor, whoever it is that can help us with our weaknesses and gaps. The second tool I'll tell you, and we'll put this in the show, show notes, is Colby, K-O-L-B-E.com. One of the most amazing discovery tools, strengths discovery tools, because we know how we, you know how you operate. I think I had you do this too, Brad, and we talked about it. You and I are both what's called, we initiate any problem solving thing with what's called quick start. Most entrepreneurs I've met are quick starts. It's innovate. Uh, it's like the MacGyver. If you remember the, you don't remember the old show, but MacGyver was the old show. Problem would happen. He wire some stuff together and somehow save the day. That's who uh, quick starts are by and large, high quick starts. I would highly re- recommend those two tools. They have helped me incredibly because I understand other people are different and to find the compatible, like I've got these strengths, you've got these strengths and they match because my weaknesses are your strengths and your, your strengths mm-hmm. are my weakness, you know, or whatever, vice versa. You've done those two, right? I know you've done Colby. Yes. And that, that was a big revelation to me about how, what you're up to uh, in your collaboration style. That was amazing because I was like, oh, now you don't have to spend six months learning everything about me. You can have a pretty good idea of what my strengths and weaknesses are going to be. And then you can like, I mean, you've, you've helped me change my role working with your team, being part of your team. As you learned more, you were like, Hmm, how about you move slightly over here? Oh, wow. You're loving that even more. And it's better for all of us. That's great. So I love that your use of those tools was really eye opening for me in a lot of ways for myself too. I, I saw my strengths laid out. And it was the first time, Corey, that some of those things that, like you said earlier, I've felt guilt and shame about these systems were like, no, that's your strength. You're amazing at learning, learn more. You know, (laughs) one thing they said on one of those things, which I don't think means, you know, every single instance in life, but for the most part, they said, wait till the last minute. What? (laughs) That's like something I've been guilty and shameful about for my whole life. Like, oh, I just I procrastinate, wait till the last minute. Again, I think there's appropriate places in life where that's not sure. good advice. Yeah. But you and I just start these podcasts yeah. and both of us are comfortable with that. That makes other people squirm, yeah. you know, very uncomfortable, but I'm comfortable with it because something about the way that we're built, that actually works. It actually drives our creative energy and it doesn't stress us out the rest of the day like it does everyone else. So anyways, that those tests are amazing. I would definitely second just to discover things that you think are weaknesses of yourself that are actually yes. superpowers. Yes. And it gives you the language to talk to other people about it. Colby and specifically will say, this is, this is why you wait till the end. This is why Brad and I wait till the end because we're quick starts. Um, but we produce often our best work on deadline and yeah. Some of you in the snowball community are going to be like, that's me. You're hitting my jam. Go to Colby, K-O-L-B-E.com. Go to Strengths Finder. Strengths Finder will give you your top five strengths out of like 32. And, you know, it's just like when this comes to collaboration, I'll tell you, you don't want everyone just like you. Even though you and I have very similar themes and stuff, it was a, it was a, oh, okay, wait. Because our other team member who leads one of our projects um, is a high quick start too. And, but the three of us will get on a call and we can rev each other up with ideas all day long. Yeah. But a warning flag with me is like, we can rev each other up, but, but Hey team, at the end, we got to go figure out what we're going to do with that. Knowing that, and we have another team member who's opposite, who is what's called fault, high and fall through that's step-by-step. 
she is so good. She will take the wake of our, our carnage and organize it and formulate it and put it in. And that's why we have her. We need her because she is our balance to these. You know, okay. Well, if we just quick start everything, you'll have a hundred pro- new projects and no, no follow through doesn't mean you ever fall through. It just means you have a step-by-step way to organize information steps, but she's the one coming by, behind our carnage and trying to say, okay, you got the carnage. You discovered things. Step one is here. Step two is here. Step three is here. And I just believe when you know yourself more, you can find better collaborators to help you with the gaps, the weaknesses. Now, it doesn't work in every instance like you're saying, too. I, I love actually that makes me think of your band analogy. Like if you have a band that's five guitar players, it's going to sound terrible, right? I mean, maybe there's some random band out there that sounds great but for the most part it's going to be quite boring music right yeah. or, or it's going to be complicated or it'll be everybody's playing over each other but when you take a guitar and then you add a bass and then you add a singer and and to be fair you can be a band with just a singer you can be a band with just a guitar player you can be yep. just a singer and a guitar but as you add these different complementary collaborations the the music gets richer and deeper and, you know, it, it just becomes a different thing. So I like that analogy. It grows in a way that you never expect, but it's just amazing. That's what I like to be as I like to be surprised and delighted because when you tap into human potential, like when you figure out what is that unique magic that you do and your gift and your genius and in whatever you're doing and then help, build a supporting cast a brand around it that they play the best music they're they've hit their unique magic and genius and you're all playing together i think you you create something together and this is the collaboration that goes well beyond we had a i heard an african proverb years ago and it became a, a mantra for us all my teams and everything i'll do from personal life to business life is if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far, go together. So I knew if I depended only on me, I had my, my, my potential was as tall as I am. But if I could tap into Brad and different team members and we could play music together, it's infinite where mm. we can go together, you know? And that's where, that's my approach to collaboration though. And it's not for everybody. Somebody goes, I just want to be a lead singer and that's it. It's the Dave Matthews band. You know, that's probably not a good example. I just want to sing and it doesn't matter who's playing music back here. Cool. Do that. Mm-hmm. Do that. You know, find your special place and variety and ingredients. You know, I just chose to, I just make way better music with other people. Just like today. I couldn't have done this on my own. We had to right. do this. We're, we're collaborating, you know, on something that's going to be cool. And it's going to, we're drawing out of each other and we're making good music together. I think. I love that. I think that's a good thought we can wrap up on. And I think, you know, ultimately what we're saying is not that you have to be like either of us or both of us, but that you always look for your unique way of, of playing this game, you know, um, because you're right. Some people, I, one of my best friends is probably one of the most effective and efficient human beings, but also entrepreneurs I've ever met. And he runs 
a huge business completely by himself because he's so good at leveraging systems and he's such a systems thinker and you know he would never want to do a podcast with someone else like he knows exactly what his strengths are and he leans into them a hundred percent and he just builds out these incredible systems he does his thing and then you know money and impact and community and all that stuff comes forward but he doesn't do all the stuff you think you have to do in the modern age. He doesn't do social media. He doesn't, you know, he's got a couple like one ad channel. Anyways, that's just a different way to, to play music. You know, that's, that's the solo guitarist. That's the, and that's cool too. So if that's you, then we want to help you bring out those strings. And um, if you like collaborating with people, then there's a lot of, untapped potential and, and infinite potential really to, to grow into as well. So I really liked our conversation today, Corey. You bet. Well, Hey, me too, Brad, everybody listening, be sure you're subscribed to start to start the snowball.com. Be sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast um, and also our YouTube channel. Um, but, and, and give us a review. We'd love to hear back from you uh, about start to uh, start the snowball.com and share it with somebody else that you're like, gosh, this would be cool. Potential collaborators, potential partners. Somebody just want to start a side gig. A lot of stuff we're talking about is you can start your snowball while you have a full-time gig. And by the way, I kind of advise that because have the certainty of an insurance, of having health insurance and things like that and build your snowball where it gets critical mass. Then you have opportunities and options, which is always critical. Brad, my snowball partner, thanks for the talk today. Yeah. Thank you, Corey. It was awesome.